Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have each and every one of you here on this Christmas Eve Sunday. Please join me as we sing our call to worship in this hymn number 549 in the Red Hymnal. 549. is hymn number 725. The disciples came to Jesus asking, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child, had him stand in front of them, and said, Remember this, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles himself and becomes like this child. And the person who welcomes in my name, one such child as this welcomes me. Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands upon them and pray, but the disciples scolded those people. Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not stop them, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He placed his hands on them. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 252, Away in a Manger, No Crib for His Bed. is one of the chaplains that I used to work with here 
many years ago who's now with the Lord. His name was Chaplain Zitlau, and he was a Missouri Senate Lutheran chaplain. And when he was a pastor, he used to have a little choir, you know, little, little kids' choir sing at Christmas. And the lady who led the little kids' songs for Christmas happened to be from Germany. And so she had a German accent. So when the children sang the song, right, guess how did they sing it? They sang it exactly like her with a German accent. And he always would tell me this story the years that I worked with him, every time it was Christmas. He was reminded of this song and of that story, and he would say that story to me. So for me, that's the connection to somebody that I worked with, a chaplain who loved the Lord, who is now with the Lord. And I just pass on to you that as we sing different Christmas songs, perhaps you too have different connections with them and what they mean personally to you. And I hope that they invoke positive thoughts, positive memories about what Christmas is all about, because it should be. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be together as one body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ, on this Christmas Eve Sunday. And God, right now you're calling to our minds the people that we are connecting with and the needs that they have in their lives, family members and friends. And Lord, we also have our own needs. But God, I think especially today as we think about our loved ones, we think about family, I think the best thing that we can do is give them a gift of prayer. Because really, Lord, it's something that is everlasting in our lives as we give that gift of prayer and pray for each other. And God, we are doing that right now. I am praying for each and every one that is here this morning with the needs that they have. And Lord, we are also praying for our family members and our friends because, God, we do want to give them that gift of love, not just on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day, but every day throughout the year. And we ask that you would give us the strength and the help that we need to have and the patience to give that gift of love wherever it is needed. And Lord, we are so thankful once again for this opportunity to come and worship in this chapel. We think of the needs of the patients throughout this medical center, the needs of the staff that are working today, the needs of the family members that will be visiting. And Lord, we too want to give all of them the gift of prayer and the gift of love. And God, we are just so thankful that you give us this opportunity just to come as one body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Our next hymn is number 254, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And just a reminder, if you are going to be here tomorrow, we are going to have a Christmas Day service here at the same time at 9 a.m., and you're always welcome to join us. Number 254, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestor died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but at everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Amen. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for the time we've had thus far the hymns that we have sung together, the prayers that we have offered, the scriptures that we have read, the connections that we have made with our own thoughts and our own memories. And Lord, I would ask that you would help me to continue to make those connections so that all of us just can benefit from this time of worship that we have together. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. So this morning on this Christmas Eve Sunday, what are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to that new heaven and that new earth where righteousness dwells? Or do you have something immediate that you're looking forward to? I know that this morning we have several events planned later on today for our family to get together. And I know that I am looking forward to those events. In fact, Lynn was very excited this morning when she woke up in anticipation of just celebrating this day with family members, celebrating this time that we have together as one time of worship for all of us. But what are you looking forward to? I think all of us look forward to something within our own everyday lives. I think as we pause and think about what our life is like, how we live our life, I think all of us should have something to look forward to, and I hope you do. Because God always wants us to have something to look forward to, in anticipation especially of his return. We don't know, we do not know when that's going to be, but we know that it's going to happen someday. Because we know what has been fulfilled in our lives in the past. 
And as we celebrate Christmas tomorrow, we will see a fulfillment of God's promises. And God is consistently fulfilling his promises that he has made with all of us. We have what, he have what he has made with the prophets of old. He has fulfilled those promises to them. He has fulfilled those promises to us. God is committed to us. And that is something that we can always look forward to in our lives. Perhaps within your own personal lives, maybe we're looking for something else that gives us something to look forward to. Perhaps we are looking for something to happen in our lives that might be called supernatural. Or perhaps we're looking forward to something in our lives that as we learn some kind of idea or concept or practice that we will be able to apply it to our lives and benefit from us. Some of you might be looking forward to science for maybe some of those things that you're looking forward to. The science of medicine perhaps. To maybe take care of some of those needs that you have physically. Some of you might be looking forward to faith. The faith that God wants us to have. And in that faith, I think we need to understand that as we look forward for God to fulfill his promises to us as he has fulfilled the promises in the past, that there needs to be humility. And it's something that I know that I struggle with, to have humility about the circumstances. And we've talked about in the chapel here before what humility means. Humility means having the ability and the power and the authority to do something and to carry out some type of action, but you make an active choice not to do that because it's going to hurt someone. That is humility. And I think many times we think of the whole idea of humility as being meek and mild and not being strong and not having courage. But the correct definition is when you and I have the power to do something, we have the power to react to a circumstance in a certain way. We have the power and the ability to show our strength, to show our aggressiveness. And we make a conscious decision not to do so because we love the people that are around us. And we want to exhibit the righteousness that God wants us to have in our daily lives. And we make that choice not to do so. That is showing and demonstrating humility. It is a spiritual principle that goes with our faith. Our faith in believing about what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's something that we hold on to. It's something that we look forward to. Because as God has given the promises to the prophets in the past, we know that He has provided that purpose and those promises through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that's why we celebrate His birth because it reminds us of a promise kept. And God will continue to keep his promises until his plan, until his will is complete. The other day I was reflecting and thinking about different things that have occurred in my life, many circumstances that did not work out the way that I had planned. They did not work out the way that I had prayed for them to work out. And I was thinking about the song from Garth Brooks, 
Unanswered Prayers. Anybody familiar with that song? Garth Brooks, Unanswered Prayers. And I reflected on that song. But many times we pray for things and then we want God to answer them a certain way and he either says yes, no, or maybe. And then we say, God, you're not answering our prayers. You're not answering my prayers. But God does answer our prayers. And many times our answer to prayer goes unanswered because it's the best thing for us and God knows that. That is promises kept for me and for you. And as we look at our lives, as we look in our relationships that we have, we need to always to be able to look forward to something. I was reading something the other day where it talked about the fact that if you are feeling unhappy, one of the things that you need to do is you need to smile more. Because if you are smiling more, then you will be happy more. Does that make sense? I think it does. Because a lot of times I know that I struggle and I go around with a frown and I have this solemn look on my face and sometimes my grandchildren think that Grandpa is so serious. And it's a reminder to me that I need to smile more, that I need to reflect God in my life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because that is a promise kept. A promise that means something more that goes beyond what we believe in and what we see, the faith that God wants us to have. And as we look at our own lives, are we keeping our promises to God? And that's a question that I asked myself in the mirror the other day. Am I keeping the promises that God wants me to keep with Him? And my truthful and honest answer would be, I am not keeping all of them the way that I should be. So if I am not keeping the promises that I should have with God, how do I expect God to keep His promises to me? But yet God does, regardless of what my conduct would be or could be. Sure, He wants it to be better because the more righteous I live in my everyday life, the better my life truly is. When I'm living for God, things are going okay. They're not necessarily perfect, and I have my challenges every day, but yet I know that as I reflect God's righteousness in my life, that I'm able to overcome those challenges and those difficulties that I face in my life. But yet, you see, God is keeping His promises. And God still is firmly in control of this universe, of this world. God still is in control and keeping His promises through you and I. We just have to be able to see them. We have to be able to understand them. And we can't do that unless we are truly making the effort to live a righteous life that reflects the promises that God has made to us. Because we can see the supernatural in Christ's birth. We can see through the scriptures the learning that God wants us to have. We can see through science that God does exist just because of the complexities of life itself. There has to be some type of creator of some kind 
and then most importantly, within our own lives, the faith that God wants us to have, to walk in humility. And then we said God is keeping his promises because all of a sudden we see the light that God wants us to have in our lives to illuminate the different things that need, we need to work on to make our lives better. Many times God uses other people to pose the question to us about how we're doing certain things. You know, each year, whether I'm in the military or whether I'm here working at this medical center, I have an evaluation that always takes place. And I don't know about you, but I hate evaluations of any kind. And I think as I'm getting older, I even hate evaluations even more. Don't tell me how to do my job. Don't tell me what I need to do. I am doing all the correct things. I am doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. How dare you evaluate me for what I do? You don't even have a clue in terms of what I do. Does anybody feel that way when they get evaluated? There you go, oh yeah. But you know, sometimes in those evaluations, when I'm honest and open and not defensive, not angry, not wanting to have that confrontation, I look at the evaluation, and of course, in a spirit that comes from God, doesn't come from me, and I say, you know what? I need to make things better. I can improve upon certain things that I'm doing right now. And that is a challenge. And so many times God uses those external things that take place in our lives to give us that opportunity to pose questions to us about maybe there's things that we can do better in our lives, that we can improve upon. Because we've talked about before in this chapel that we should never stop growing. Whatever that is, whatever you're learning in terms of a spiritual principle, whatever you're learning in terms of your faith, whatever you're learning emotionally, whatever you're learning in just in terms of knowledge of your understanding of the world around you, we should never stop growing. Because if we stop growing, then we will begin to die. Right? God always wants us to keep growing always to look forward to something greater and better than ourselves. Because God truly does keep His promises. And those promises fulfilled means that God is in control of our circumstances. God is in control of this universe. God is in control of this world. God is in control of my life, whether I want to like it or admit it or not. And God gives me a range of influence in terms of the things that I am a part of in the decision-making process about my own life. God still gives us the ability to make choices. We are not robots. God doesn't tell us to do certain things, and we can only do those certain things. God wants us to exercise our free will and the perfect liberty that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ. But I think what's wonderful about this is as we think about the promises kept, the most important is God is committed to His grace for you and I. He is firmly committed to the grace that God wants us to have. And He wants everybody 
to heaven. And the scriptures tell us several occasions that God is postponing perhaps the day of the Lord, his second coming, because he wants more people to come to know him through his son Jesus Christ. So for those of us that believe in Jesus Christ, we've accepted him as Lord and Savior of our lives, and we start murmuring and we say, how long, O Lord, when are you going to come back? I'm tired of this life. I'm sick of this life. And when I say those things, I know for me it comes from a selfish heart. I'm not thinking about the person that does not know the Lord. I'm not thinking about the person that has not received the same grace that I have received, that you have received. But that's how God wants us to live. God wants us to fulfill that promise through us by sharing the word with others, by sharing our own personal testimony of how we made mistakes, we did things wrong, we committed sin, but yet God still loves us, God still forgives us, God still gives us that grace, and it's nothing that we did to earn it. It is His free gift to us, a gift that we embrace, a gift that we hold on to, And then we see within our own lives as we understand that promise kept and fulfilled because of his grace that the light that God wants us to have truly is there. We just have to believe in it. Turn it on. So we can see the things that God wants us to see. So that we can accept the evaluations of others if it's just criticism to incorporate it in our lives to make ourselves better. And there is a challenge there. Because when we do that, we make ourselves vulnerable. We put our ego aside. We say, you are right, and I have no excuses. We say, you are right, and I am the one responsible. We say you're right, and we own it. And that's where our true beliefs come into play, of who we are, what we believe in, in God. Do we own it? Do we own it? Do we say to God, Lord, I just messed up. I made mistakes. I was lazy. I was selfish. I knew what I was doing. My pride, my arrogance. But God, I own it. And that's very humbling when we do that, isn't it? When we claim responsibility for our own actions. When we own what we have done. But yet, God wants us to be in that place where we do that willingly every day. Because when we are in that place that we can see the promises kept that God has put in our lives, we see and benefit from the relationship of others. We know that God is in control because he has created all things from the beginning of time. And then we see the way that God wants us to live 
He wants us to live holy and godly lives. Once again, it's not going to be perfect. But God wants us to live holy and godly lives. Because that truly is the best way for us to live. To make the attempt every day. To make the attempt to say, God, Lord, I just want the light to shine in my life. I want to live in that light. I want to live in your promise kept through your grace. God, I know I'm not going to always get it right. But God, I'm going to own it. I'm going to take responsibility for it. I'm not going to have any excuses. I'm going to be committed to what I believe in in you. And that transformation will take place every day. And we'll begin to look forward to the next day. And we won't be afraid of the future. Is anybody here like me at times afraid of the future? What's going to happen God, am I going to make it into heaven? Do you still love me? How can you still love me, somebody like me, because you know I'm a sinner? But God says, yes, I still love you. God still loves me. You don't have anything to fear in the future. You don't have anything to fear about tomorrow. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have things that you're going to have to work through. But once again, it's an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to get closer to God. It's an opportunity for you to mature in God. Because in doing so, we truly do exhibit and show the promises kept by God in our lives and the promises kept that we make together through God's grace, through God's love we find God's purpose for each and every one of us every day. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that you've kept your promises to us. And Lord, there is a history of those promises being kept. And Lord, we know because of that history that we can commune with you today. We can take communion together, keeping those promises. And we know that as we go forward into the future that we have nothing to fear because we know that those promises will be kept and fulfilled because of what you've done in the past and what you are doing right now in the present. But God, many times we've really not incorporated the promise of your grace in our own individual lives. And God, we just want to do that right now. We want to make sure that we have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're committed to the love that was demonstrated on the cross for each and every one of us as an atonement for our sin. Because, Lord, that's what we celebrate Christmas about, is a birth a supernatural event that brought salvation to the entire world. And we thank you for that gift. And we pray that prayer right now, that we are communing with you because of our commitment and belief that your Son, Jesus Christ, is the salvation for all of us. 
and we embrace that salvation right now. We ask the Holy Spirit to come to be part of our lives so that we can endeavor to do the best we can tomorrow, the rest of this day, to live for you in godliness and in holiness. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins, giving this opportunity for each and every one of us to come to know Christ. Amen. took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake together Closing hymn is hymn number 256, O Holy Night. 256, O Holy Night.
promises to each and every one of us. Help us, God, to incorporate that promise of grace to our lives every day so that we can live that godly and holy life in righteousness that you want us to live. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. <laughs>